0: Welcome to the One White Woman podcast. For this episode, I need to start out with an apology to my guest who was so gracious and to you, dear listeners, for not even having it together enough to create a proper introduction to Cheryl Hudson, today's incredible guest. I just got myself tied up in so many knots about the things that we were going to talk about, I couldn't unscramble my brain enough to give her a proper introduction. So in one way you can see that I'm a great uh, model for how you just plow ahead, even though these kinds of conversations can be considered difficult. It's not so much that they're difficult, it's that it's difficult to get started. I have not had one unpleasant experience when I engage honestly with black people about my questions and about the challenges that I don't understand and the issues that are uh, just too heart-crushingly awful to even contemplate. So anyway, that's where this conversation uh, was going. And to get it started, I just had to leave Cheryl's introduction about herself to herself, which is really not very gracious of me at all. But that's what happened. Uh, We got into a role, though, and it was such a gratifying and satisfying conversation. I learned so much, and I think that you will, too. I hope you do. I hope you find it worthwhile to listen to this podcast That is the purpose of it, so that we white people can see more, understand more from the black perspective of what it's like to be a black person living in America in 2020. All right. Thank you for being here. My name is Nene White, and I am so grateful you are here. Uh That would be great. And okay. Okay.
1: All right. So um, I am um, I'm actually supposed to be a teacher right now, but I'm not because I'm not going to go back. Um, I have my master's in education. Um, I am a I was born in New York and I've been in California since I was five years old. Um, I'm married. I have two sons, 20 and 23 years old. They're both in college. Um, let's
0: see, what else can I tell you?
1: Uh,
0: hmm. (laughs) What grade were you teaching?
1: Uh, so I taught second grade, my, my first year I taught, I taught second grade. And then, um, I went to a middle school and I taught seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. And then last year I taught again in middle school, middle school English.
0: Oh, wonderful. I love those middle schoolers. Oh, I do too. Uh, I do too. I think we're in the
1: minority. <laughs> yes, we are, and they, and they say that if if it's a calling, so if you love them, you love them. If you don't, you don't. Yep,
0: I get I get both <laughs> sides, but I lean on yeah. the love them side definitely. Yeah. Um. Well, good. I am so grateful to you, Cheryl, um, for with me. I think it's really important for white people like me to hear about your experience, just your everyday experience, your husband's everyday experience. And I have been my entire life oblivious to these facts. Mm -hmm. And so I discovered your experience on a friend's Facebook page and couldn't believe what I read. And then you gave me more details about when your husband goes to work, your black husband goes to work, or when you guys take a road trip, do you wanna just share some of those experiences now, please? Sure,
1: Um, if you don't mind, I'd like to start with um, my experience as a teenager.
0: Anything, anything at all.
1: Okay, so um, taking a trip with my family, my brother and I took a trip with my parents, mother and father, um, all black. Um, So we went to, um, we traveled from California and we drove all the way to Florida. So um, typically that trip would take some days. Um, When we went on that trip, though, we we didn't stop a lot at restaurants. We would primarily do uh, fast food places. And there was one time where we did stop for um, food. Uh, And this was in the 80s, I might mention.
0: Oh, yeah. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah,
1: it was in the 80s. Good. Uh, Like 82, I believe. And uh, we stopped at a restaurant Uh, We came in, we were the only black people in the restaurant, but, you know, traveling, you don't really know exactly where to go, where to stop and all of those things. So uh, we stopped, we got out, uh, we, they, they seated us. And then for maybe like an hour, they just looked at us. No one came back to um, the table to do anything. And, um, you know, we were really upset, my brother and I, because we were really hungry after traveling all day. Well, once um, my parents were able to see that we weren't going to be seated, we left. So my brother and I were very disappointed because we didn't understand that we just were not going to be um, served there. Yeah. And, um, you know, never had really had to grapple with anything like that um, in the past before and didn't have the history to, to kind of deal with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, finally, you know, my, my, my brother and I kept saying, they were going to do, they were going to seat us it just we just waited, they were going to you know serve us service yes, and um it just never happened, so eventually, my mom just had to end up telling us that they didn't see us because we're black, and you know my brother and I were both very shocked because we hadn't experienced anything like that, so that was kind of the precursor to to learning about these different um things that I would have to deal with being a black person in in America,
0: yeah. And you uh, were I, and you were eight years old.
1: No, I was about
0: ten. About oh, you 10. were. Te- yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was kind of lucky that it happened for you. I mean, lucky, but I mean, usually I've heard about it happening younger for kids getting that. So I awakening. did have
1: I did have incidents that happened earlier than that. I had never had a restaurant
0: incident I see. happen I see. like
1: that before. But I, I yes I have had uh, incidents from from an early age. Yeah. Um, Uh very early. Um, I remember my sister had an incident um, when we lived in Rochester, New York, and um, the kids would chase her to school. Now, this was more um, 70s, but they would uh, chase her to school, and my father had to to go out and, and, you know, defend her and and make sure that she got to school safely. So, Mm -hmm. I do remember that, even though I was very young. Mm -hmm. So, that was just... OK, yeah. um, I'm so sorry. Did you want me to go on about um, the incidents with my husband?
0: Whatever you feel like sharing, because these are the kinds of things that, you know, it's all behind the scenes. It's all invisible to people like me and it, it sure. must not be invisible. It must not.
1: Okay. So do you, are you familiar with the Green Book?
0: Yes. OK, uh, just recently. I be, But so please explain it because I just learned about that. Okay,
1: so the Green Book was a book that uh, Black people used to travel around the country. So these were places that uh, were restaurants, hotels, and different places that, that Black people um, knew that they could, could go to. So the Green Book was something that you needed to have in order to travel around the country.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, unfortunately, my parents didn't realize that in the 80s that, that we still needed it. Uh, um, it's because it was somewhat outdated at that point. It uh-huh. wasn't as as readily available after um after segregation and all of those things were weren't as as um prevalent
0: uh-huh.
1: then you know the green book wasn't as prevalent as well, but we did definitely need the green book
0: yeah.
1: and, and it wasn't available at that time, or at least to my knowledge, it was not available. So um, that the the green book is is something that that black people needed to have, so that you would know, you wouldn't report to a, a or you wouldn't uh, end up in in a sundown town, and mm-hmm. you do know what that is as well, right?
0: I do, but please explain that term because I just learned that one too. Okay, so. yeah, uh, it's just it's just the education that I'm getting now is.
1: Okay, so a sundown town is a town that uh, Black people could be in during the day, yeah. but by the time the sun went down, they would need to be gone because if they were caught in a, in a town after sundown, then they would be killed or lynched or, or whatever um, that town decided to do with you.
0: And this is across the country or certain parts of it? Oh,
1: yes, and this is still today. This is, this is in fact, I, I watched a, a show Um, about a gentleman that wanted to test to see if the sundown towns were still um, a thing and he 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 actually traveled and then this was like 2016 or 17 somewhere around there and Mm -hmm. people began to tell him as he was in those towns that you need to go before
0: it gets dark yeah so he was a black man all right
1: oh yes definitely definitely and then that would take me into I wanted to kind of preface it uh, before I talked about my husband, so my husband is a risk engineer for an insurance company. Okay, and um, there aren't a lot of African Americans in his position because what he does is he goes to different construction sites and he walks the site to make sure that it's structurally sound and and you know they're building it okay and you know the guys are tied off and and just so he's somewhat of an inspector on the site.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: as a black man, he he travels to these these different places and he will frequently call me to say, you know, here's where I am. I wanted you to know where I am. And he'll send his location to make sure that that he's safe, because going into these towns, once again, you, you really don't know what you're going into.
0: And- like, Give me an example of some of these towns.
1: I'm talking about towns in California right now. He'll drive to those, but he's been to some in uh, New Mexico. Um, He's been in um, uh, Chicago. He went to, to some towns, mostly though, the ones that I'm talking about are the ones that he will drive to in California. Mm -hmm. And um, they're smaller towns that don't have a larger population.
0: Mm -hmm. And,
1: um, there, there is reason for for concern there. So, uh, fortunately, he hasn't been in any, um, he hasn't had any incidents. So, but there, there was uh, on 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 site at LAX airport. He had that as one of his projects when they were doing some work, and he was called the N word um, behind his back, actually. <sighs> and yeah. the, the and the only way he found out was um a gentleman who happened to be white was insulted by the man calling him that. Yeah. And he made a complaint at the company and they ended up um actually dealing with with the the man about it because he was so blatant with it um yeah. after my husband left.
0: I see. So yeah. So um, good for that man. Good for him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and you know there's there's there always seem to be um, allies that are somewhere around you know ah. fortunately you know otherwise we couldn't make it and and I make sure to tell my sons that we don't hate white people it's not right. that's not what it's about no. um, it's it's just it's about safety and and if we didn't have white allies we wouldn't be as far along as we are so yeah you know you, you there's no way you could hate all white people or all of any people well
0: wow. that just doesn't get anywhere productive at all. No, I mean, not at all. consumes your energy. Not at all. Um, the, this conversation is really hard for me to, I just want to lie down and just crawl under a blanket right now. I don't.
1: It's it, it It's exhausting. It's, I, and I, it's I, exhausting yeah. thinking about it um, day to day.
0: I would be, um, I would literally be very sick um, Cause I can't handle a lot of stress and I get actually my immune system shuts down and I get very, very sick. I don't know how you live with that constantly since childhood. I don't.
1: It's very challenging, but I I'll say this um, since like you said, it starts at an early age. Yeah. um, You are somewhat preconditioned for it. Um, It's, it's,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: when it, you it's almost like you expect it mm-hmm. and when you don't get it it's it's a relief like oh wow okay uh-huh. you know, like my husband's safe today phew we made it you know it's yeah. it, it's mind boggling to think about but it's more of a lifestyle than anything else
0: it was nothing that i had to adopt
1: in order to live I my see. life it was it was something that was always there
0: such an interesting perspective i wouldn't have expected it um So the thing is, just in the off chance that someone who is a bully and does use the N-word and, you know, tell us about your husband's education and how he got that job over, I'm sure, quite a lot of competition. I mean, there is nothing different about your husband from any white man that got it except the color of his skin and how much melanin he has in his skin. So what kind of qualifications did your husband have to have to get that job that has a ton of responsibility and people's lives are, are based on his calculations. So, so my
1: husband is, um, he actually has his degree in business and he has, um, a minor in construction management.
0: Mm -hmm. He
1: has been in the field for, uh, gosh, since I met him, uh, over 30 years. Mm -hmm. He, um, he started out wanting to be an architect Mm. and he was, he became an architect. He got um, a certificate in architecture and he's designed homes and things like that. But when he got, uh, he got, he went to Paramount Pictures and he was working for Paramount Pictures and he got laid off when they, they were bought by somebody else. So he had to kind of reinvent himself. So he went, Uh, to a company and they began to teach him about bidding on different construction projects based on how they were built so he got that that job bidding on projects based on that Um, Mm -hmm. and then he an insurance company actually a headhunter came to him and um, recruited him to get um, a job at this insurance company because this insurance company wanted to hire people who um, not only knew insurance, but knew about the construction of sure. the buildings. So um, the, it's funny that you would say how he would get this job. So his, the boss that he has right now, he has like 10 times more qualifications than his boss. Yeah. And his boss has said that, like, I kind of feel in, inferior just even kind of being around you because yeah. um, you have so many more qualifications than I do. Yeah, so he's actually supervised by somebody who has less experience
0: uh, but, than he does. Well, I like that man to just say that and not be, uh, he didn't lord it over him or anything. Oh, your no, 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 no I didn't funny. get that impression.
1: No, no, he was just kind of remarking, like, wow, you, you really have. I mean, when people look at my husband's resume, yeah, they're they're floored, they're like, oh, because he did the the Metro red line, blue line, green line. Um, he did uh, so many huge projects that he managed that, you know, his, his resume speaks for himself, but, but it's funny um, on LinkedIn, he will not put his picture on there because he will not, Uh. they won't, they won't um, recruit him if they see that he's a black man. So he can't put his picture up. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) He has to let the qualifications kind of speak for himself. And then he can step into it, but he won't put his picture up because he knows he won't get anything.
0: So um, I was talking to our mutual friend, Charnel Blevins, and she Uh was in the last episode, she was describing to me about this uh, proposition, proposition 16, which would amend a certain section of Prop 209 that disallows... Uh, Consideration, favorable consideration of different races and genders. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts on the Prop 16 in California?
1: Um, I I didn't really know about Prop 16. I knew that um, Dr. Shirley Weber in San Diego had um, put something on the ballot um, in in reference to that. So I'm I'm imagining that that's what it is, but. My thoughts on that is I remember when Prop 209 came in and I definitely voted against it. Um, Yes. And I knew that it would do severe damage if they took it away. And I work with college students all the time um, to try to help them to to get into school and, and things like that. And our numbers have gone down substantially. As a result of that Prop 209 legislation, so yeah. that that would be a huge, huge thing if they would take that away.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what Prop 16 is all about. So we yes. all need to do our homework on that one and Definitely. spread the word. I am, I am becoming a little, uh, a lot <laughs> obnoxious about it. I will bring it up whenever something is even remotely close to it because you know, we don't not, nobody benefits when you just, you know, separate and hold people down. I mean, absolutely. You know, I agree. vanilla is delicious, but it's, if I only could eat vanilla ice cream, ugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> boring. So, all right, now I'm going to ask you, I am uh, one of the things that I want to do on this podcast is ask the kinds of questions that I've always been curious about, but was never in a position or didn't think I was in a position to ask mm-hmm. with, I think you know that I'm asking with complete Apology ahead of time. And no, completely no apology
1: re- necessary. I, I totally understand. Ask complete
0: me. respect. <laughs> and um, I just really want to understand. So it's probably going to seem like a little thing to you, but I don't know why you say, yes, ma'am, like in the email to me and why some Black people, I, I have this Black, wonderful gentleman, a Harvard graduate, and whenever I'd ask him a question, he'd say, yes, ma'am. And he's in, from California. I so where does that come from, and, and what is, how should I take that, and what do you mean when you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so my the the way I was using that was yes. kind of a colloquialism. It was kind of a, a yes, ma'am. In that regard, it wasn't a um, like I wasn't raised to say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. It okay. Was, um, more or less like um how would I rephrase that if I said like oh yes yes indeed like that okay yeah yeah but okay it it wasn't a um like uh it would be like if I I would I would have said that to anybody I would have said that to to or I would have said like if it was a guy I would have said oh yes sir like Uh, okay that type of thing
0: Okay, because then I don't know what to do with that, you know. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's not bad. It's just like, wait a minute, what what are we saying here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know no, so.
1: I, it, was, it was more of a, like I said, it was like more cool. like, yes, indeed. Cool,
0: cool. <laughs> All right, thank you. That That's a huge <laughs> little roadblock in my brain gone away. Thank you very much. Now another one that I have for you and I will probably ask other black guests because I think this is, this is something that a couple of friends of mine and I have really, we really are trying to understand isn't even quite the word because there's so many dimensions of taking in how this thing that I'm going to ask you about can even be a fact of life. But when okay. you look at, when we see black people who have suffered, so there's something about black people, even in the hardest times have the most light and the, they are so bright. <laughs> and there is something that is so alive, no matter how much they have been crushed. Mm-hmm. That is Nobody, hardly anybody else is ever like that, and it seems to be across the board with just about every black person that you see. I mean, at least the majority. Do you know what I'm saying? Does I it do sound? Mean, yeah. Does it sound racist? I don't want to. No, be. no, it doesn't. Um, what is that? What is that? So,
1: um, what? What I think what you're what you're really seeing is there's so much. Um, so much that black people have to deal with on a daily basis that's so heavy that you have to have some light in order to to even make it to the next day so if you if you carry those burdens just 24 7 and you let them weigh you down it won't it won't happen for you so so culturally the music and the the dancing and the, you have to have some kind of outlet so that you can be happy so that, you know, and I hate to use this, but it, um, the slaves, when they were working in the fields, yeah. they would be singing because, mm-hmm. I mean, having to work from sun up to sundown and, and, you know, you know, you don't have any food, you have to find some solace in something and, you know, finding uh, god and finding jesus christ and having something to to be excited and happy about is yeah. is it's not an option you have to find something you know you have to otherwise your life is just miserable yeah so um i think what you're seeing is you have to have something that makes you happy if if everything else in your life is totally Uh, weighing you down, then you need something that, that, that makes you happy, makes you light up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, typically for, for a lot of uh, African-Americans, it has been our religion, because in that we have been able to feel like we're worthy and we don't have to prove our worthiness. God takes us just as we are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he loves us just as we are. So there's, there's definitely a lot of uh, happiness in that. And, and, you know, if that's the one thing that you can find happiness in, then that's what you, that's what you, you are drawn to. Mm-hmm.
0: You
1: know, but but it's, it would be easily, easy to be consumed by everything that, that, that's going on. And I would venture to say that most African-American people suffer from some type of uh, mental um, anguish as a result of what we have to deal with on a daily basis Yes. Yeah. and that 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 you know you have to find an outlet and i'll just leave it there there has to be a way for you to feel happy about yourself and your existence and and that's it
0: that's so beautiful it's i <laughs> i just you know one thing i saw i was watching uh about uh, I've been reading and watching and uh, just everything I've I've told you that you know since uh, George Floyd's murder and mm-hmm. I've seen several videos on you know the uprisings in the South in the '60s and there was a picture I mean there were so many pictures but of of black gentlemen just pushed into the uh, paddy wagons
1: mm-hmm. and those
0: those young guys in there with the light of life in their eyes that defied all logic. Right. And there was an intelligence there and in a spirit of life that you don't see under any circumstances. And these young men, was it because they had fought for something they believed in, but but you see it everywhere. I mean, not everywhere, but the majority, it's just. Yeah,
1: no, it's true.
0: And it's a, it's a dick. I just, one of those mysteries in life, I don't know if I'll ever get to, (laughs) but it's, it's a reason that I have, I'm so grateful I've been able to see that because the only trouble is it makes it hard for me to understand how people could not love black people, how they managed to hate them. But anyway, that's the
1: whole thing. I would think it was because it's in their interest to do so. So (laughs) keeping one over the other makes you know you want to I I read a book once it's a book it's called oh gosh it's by Bibi Campbell Moore and um, it what she was describing was the fact that some white people are brought up to believe that they're superior to all black people Mm -hmm. and it's in their best interest to always hold on to that because That is how they and their children will always stay on top of things. And that is what I have seen as mm-hmm. a result when, when um, I see people that don't want to believe, um, you know, what's right before their eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's the, the logic that, that I have seen.
0: And I just watched uh, I Am Not Your Negro. Yes. Yes. And at one point in there, I'm going to go back and uh, write it down and put it on, um, I have a Facebook page now, it's called Refuse Racism, Uh Uh and I'm going to put it on there, and I'm also going to put it other places, but uh, James Baldwin says basically what you said, but he says it in a way where they, white people, certain white people just have to tell themselves certain things in order to keep this imbalance. Right. Right. And justify it to themselves. And yes. it's.
1: I took my dad to see that. I did. I, I have mm. to watch it again,
0: too. Yeah. I wish good. I could watch it with you. I really <laughs> wish I could watch it with you.
1: But... Yeah. This, this is really a limiting time with this uh, coronavirus that nobody can get together with anybody.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really appreciate your time, Cheryl. And um, I'm, uh, other topics came up for me. So I will probably reach out to you again. Um, okay okay sounds good um i just am so grateful to you and i am just so grateful to be connected and i, hope I you appreciate
1: i appreciate you connecting with me and me being okay. able to express this
0: oh yeah and if there's ever anything more that you think that you notice and that we need to know then then reach out to me and we'll make it happen because i am not i am not the only one who wants to learn more and know more but it's 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 hard it's Mm -hmm. it's emotionally yeah uh, Yeah. uh, (laughs) I have to put on my big girl pants as one of my friends (laughs) so I
1: I just wanted to leave you with this yes Um,
0: I don't know if you are um
1: familiar with um W.E.B. Du Bois
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I haven't read but I've certainly heard his name okay so he um he wrote a book and it's called The Souls of, the Souls of Black Folk. Mm. And in that book, he gives a, a perfect, it was written in 1903, mm-hmm. but he gives a perfect description of the the push and pull of living in uh, Black life. You said um, mm. that you got that from there. I thought of this one. And what he said is one ever knows his two-ness. And what that means is That you always know that you are black, but then you're also an American. And those are two strivings that are almost fighting against themselves, but you always know that you are one of a two-ness, if that makes sense. It does. (laughs) And he wrote that in 1903. But let me see if I have the, it it says, he says, one ever knows his two-ness, an American, a Negro, Two souls, two thoughts, two unreconciled strivings, two warring ideals in one dark body, whose dogged strength alone keeps it from being torn asunder. The history of the American Negro in the history of this is the history of this strife, this longing to attain self-conscious manhood, to merge his double self into a better and truer self. In this merging, he wishes neither of the other selves to be lost. He does not wish to Africanize America for America has too much to teach the world and Africa. He wouldn't bleach his Negro blood in a flood of white Americanism for he knows that Negro blood has a message for the world. He simply wishes to make it possible for a man to be both a Negro and an American without being cursed and spit upon by his fellows without having the doors of opportunity closed roughly in his face.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, so that was, that was really, I wanted to start with that, but I wanted to um, say that to you because that is kind of the, the like I said, the push and the pull of yeah. living life as an American and as an African American. and. Yeah. I can trace my roots back 10 generations in this country. Wow. Yes. And when, when people say, wow. you know, like things like go back to Africa, I'm like, I've been here 10 generations. Why yeah. would I leave? Why would I leave now? Yeah. So I just wanted to leave you with that.
0: I really appreciate that. Can you take a <laughs> snapshot of that and send it to me and I'll yes. put it in the show's notes? I will. I will. Oh, that would be fantastic. That is, that is gold. Yes. <laughs> wonderful that kind of (laughs) encapsulates it it does it does and it really makes me think of other things too um i i I... okay one more hard question (laughs) (laughs) uh just one of those little nagging things it's not so much hard but i mean when i was young then we said negroes and we said colored people and now we say black people what 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 is the genesis of that
1: so um in in in, um, in America since slavery, we have not been able to really name ourselves. When we got here, yeah, um, we were slaves pr- for the most part. There were free Black people here, but you know, for the yeah. most part, the the mass majority of people were slaves. Right, and they had names put upon them, so they were called Negro and they were called Colored and they were called. So it started with Negro and evolved into Colored and then. Um, black people began to say, we're going to call ourselves mm-hmm. something. We're not going to allow other people to define us. And that's mm-hmm. where the Black and Proud um, movement came from. Mm-hmm. The, and then it somewhat evolved into African-American. So African-American or Black is is what today's um, form is. In 1903, when he wrote yeah. that, it was <laughs> Negro. So. Yeah. Was That's why I wonder. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. and it's funny. My, my parents' um, birth certificates were probably they probably said Negro. I see. Mine, it, that would be a good question. I'll I'll find out and let you know. But okay. But it's just it's just kind of an evolution of being called something. And, yes. and We are a a people without a a, a country. So we're from Africa. So we have to say we're African-American. But like I said, my, my people have been here for, for 10 generations
0: in America. Well, you just said you're a people without a country, but th- that would be just as true for me then, because I have Mexican, Spanish, uh, French. Um... Actually, that would be true for all of us. Of course it would. <laughs> of course it would. It would
1: be true for all of us. Of course unless, it would. Unless we're talking about Native Americans
0: exactly yeah
1: that would be true of all of us
0: of course it would <laughs> yeah yeah good
1: yeah. So, so we actually all have that in common
0: yes we do <laughs> among many 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 other things yes just peel back this game and there what are the differences except that spirit that that deep soulful deep profound life that just surges yes just all right um thank you cheryl thank you Thank you. I we will be in touch, okay?
1: Okay. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. So there you have it. One wonderful guest in Cheryl Hudson. I so much enjoyed talking with her and... and uh, being guided by her and uh, learning from her. I hope you did too. If you would like to stay in touch more, I've started a Facebook page. It's called Refuse Racism. And we would love to have you there to share your ideas, to ask questions, to suggest uh, topics for future episodes of this podcast. So until next time, I am NeNe White. I am one white woman with many questions. Thank you. Thank you for being here.